three, two, now. and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, Mother. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. I'm Austin. And just like Mother, seeing is believing. Oh, that was really bad. Especially uh, for an audio podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, so that is not only a really terrible tagline to describe us, but Dave just informed me before that he thinks it's also the tagline from Casper as well. I'm sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds familiar somewhere. There are a lot of similarities between Casper and Mother, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so if you've never heard this show before, then hold on to your pedestals because we're about to shatter your precious stones. <laughs> essentially something like that i don't know essentially we take a film and we put it on trial it's as simple as that there'll also be a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans including a caption contest a quiz impressions xylophone playing silly sound effects and a lot of banter and because this week is the continuation of halloween horror month there will be a number of spooky shenanigans <laughs> that was really spooky. Oh, okay. Uh, so this week's film, as I mentioned before, it was spooky to be honest. It was spooky how badly I played it. Um, but right, so this week's film, as I mentioned before, is Mother. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what sound week, effects? Every week I, I try and get everything loaded up in time, but it just doesn't work. Um, okay, so is it Mother Superior or is it a motherfucker? <laughs> oh. <laughs> hopefully, oh. <laughs> hopefully we're going to find out. So just to which say, one's the good and bad? Yeah, <laughs> figure both it out. good. Yeah. <laughs> figure it out. So uh, just to say, this will be a very spoiler-free episode. So if you haven't seen it yet, you can either listen to this episode after you've watched it. It's free on netflix at the moment we'll say free uh, you know somebody in, has got to pay for it uh, essentially probably that one person that you met in college a few years ago who pays for your netflix subscription and there's about six people on the account they'll be paying for it so, it'll be free for you so don't, yeah don't, so you don't look at me <laughs> <laughs> uh, alternatively uh, you can just trust our judgments or you can fast forward to our quiz that i've been told austin is going to put a link to in the comments or at least a marker of where it begins it's around 40 odd minutes uh, so the quiz this week is going to be brought to us by alex which he's been frantically scribbling down in the for past weeks. three minutes for weeks. <laughs> so uh yeah before before we go on our last film on trial was halloween season of the witch ah! I, I don't know he, he screams at some point i imagine <laughs> so dave no it wasn't who the hell judged it, Aussie, it, was it, was it me, yeah, right, you sorry. judged the trial and you deemed that it should be placed on the shit list yeah i did uh now you've since watched the film yeah have you made the right call by by a long way how quickly not, did you figure yeah, out that yeah. you'd made the right decision there's not many films where i think maybe we could do with a fur, an even shitter bucket of what the <laughs> films and uh that, that was one of them though yeah. what was what was the worst bit about it it was just an amalgamation of how of everything, pretty much everything that that Brucey was saying about it was just true. Thank like you. it's just a mismatch of so much. Like someone has just gone, "It's an idea. It's another idea. It's another shit idea," yeah. and then put them all together, and then let's try and use some special effects that you once used in in your fa- most favorite film. Mm. But the episode's really good, so please check that out. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, right, uh, just before we go into the bulk of the show, I think it's time for a spooky edition of Alex's Film Feels. 
That is, uh, <laughs> that is a very spooky setup to what isn't that spooky a film feels. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, uh, this film, uh, what's your favourite bottle movie, basically? So Mother is set in all in one location. And it made me think, well, you know, there's quite a few other films like this. So what's your favourite... What's your favourite bottle movie? Often they are horror films, i found, like if they're all set in one location. You mentioned this before and I was like, what the hell's a bottle movie? Mm. I thought you meant like a film with a bottle in. I also I was thought hoping, you meant a film see, with a bottle well, in. And then what... I, didn't, um, I didn't bother looking at the WhatsApp group to, <laughs> yeah. to see any clarification. <laughs> so I'm going to go first just in case and I'm going to go with uh, Bottle Rocket. I was hoping you would. I was really hoping you would. Fantastic. It's like the opposite of a bottle movie. Yeah, yeah, which is spread across like an entire city. Several cities. I I, I wasn't here for that episode. Is there a lot about bottles in Bottle Rocket? There are lots of bottle rockets. Lots of bottle rockets. Yeah, yeah. That's literally what But not a lot of bottles or rockets. Just bottle rockets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I went for a bit of a double meaning. I went for leaving Las Vegas. Because it's essentially set in one location, one hotel room, oh. and it's also about a ball. <laughs> With about many, many balls. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. Double, double. Yeah, yeah. Two points. Dave? Um, for one location, I'd probably have to go with 12 Angry Men. It's, it's all set in one jury room, basically, as a jury are deliberating a trial. It doesn't leave that room. It's a really hot day, so it's just basically these 12 angry men getting angry and angry with each other and trying to persuade each other out of their way of thinking. It's great. Not many bottles to speak of, though. No. I don't really know why they're called bottle movies, to be honest. Maybe because it all because it's all contained contained in one thing. Yeah. Uh, why not, why like not Tupperware movies? <laughs> yeah. yeah, lots of containers. Uh, there's, there's a great episode of Monk where they uh, do oh. a homage to Twelve Angry Men. Do they? Yeah. I can't I wait. You'll like that. I can't wait. I'll have to. I'll have to keep making my way through it. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with Rear Window, uh, oh, yeah. the one that's set. You know, uh, James Stewart just in the back. You know, broken oh, his leg, nice. and he's just uh, got his camera. Camera. That's the one. <laughs> and he like, sees, so you, you know... You, you were signalling what it was. Yeah, I just, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Couldn't, just couldn't remember it. And, you know, all takes place in his room. Uh, a bit like 12 Angry Men, you kind of... It's only afterwards you're like, oh, yeah, God, that film just took one place in one location. It's not a gimmick about it, do you know what I mean? It's just, like, just makes the film amazing. And if you like that, check out Disturbia, the remake with Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I, I will not either. <laughs> Um, yeah, so second week on a bounce, I'm going to go for Saw again. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully I can use it again next week, so, yeah. um, you know, think of something. I'll try and come up with something. Yeah, something relevant <laughs> at least. But, you know, it's, it's pretty much all in one room, apart from the... Um, yeah, a couple like, of little the, bits. Like little it? flashbacks and what have you. But for me, it's not really my thing. You know, I get real bored really fucking easy. I need stuff to, uh, you know, boost my uh, uh, attention level. But with Saw, you know, I didn't even notice, so it's a good one. Could yes. we have done... Um, uh, Breakfast Club. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be yeah. a very yeah. good one. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna use that then as one that actually fits the bill. <laughs> <laughs> well done, man. Well done. Yes, you, no you're really good at remembering films that you've seen. I, well, <laughs> like, the, only film, the only films I've ever seen are because of this podcast. So yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Alex, for another spooky film feels. You're welcome. Along these ones, these new scary sounds. Got? Yeah, these are yeah. new scary sounds. We've gone for new scary. You like that? It's like you might have paid for these ones. They they they're very high quality. <laughs> these are like seventy nine p quality, mate. This is this is like premium stuff we're getting here. So I hope you guys at home are enjoying these. Uh, okay, so moving on to the bulk of the show. This week's film, as I mentioned before, is Mother. I don't know how well this is going to go. I'm gonna... 
Fucking, what, what are you going for? I was trying to go for Mother by John Lennon, but uh, <laughs> no, no, that did not work. You should have uh, stuck with Mother by Glenn Danzig, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, so um, this hasn't been picked out of the hat and random, but instead it has been chosen by Alex as part of our Halloween Horror Month. Uh, now, Alex has picked this film, so he will be defending it and trying to get it placed on the hit list. Now, Alex, wait for it, I'm going for once again, classic I've gone for female characters in horror films, just in case. You I wonder. thought you were going to go for the clear reason of Ed Harris. No, 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 no. No? Don't be ridiculous. No, not all of my descriptions of you about you being bald, by the way. I find uh, that very offensive. The vast majority. But... No, come on. Come on, mate. Come on. I'm better than that. Alex is a bit like Ellen Ripley in Alien 3. Oh. <laughs> bald uh, <laughs> now, the rest of the roles have been picked at, the, at random uh, so joining alex in defense will be dave now dave is a little bit like laurie strode in halloween he started off fresh faced with a positive outlook on life but after hanging around with us for so many years he's become more bitter alcohol fueled and gun toting yep uh, i agree with that and acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list will be me and ozzy I'm a bit like Mrs. Bates from Psycho. I sit around in my chair looking skeletal and giving off a foul smell. <laughs> and Ozzy is a bit like Carol Ann in Poltergeist. Before he started this podcast, he didn't even know what a TV was. And now he is consumed by it. <laughs> now, just like real court advocates, we will be making the best case for our roles. These may or may not be our genuine opinions, though. So stay tuned till the end of the episode to hear our real thoughts. Which means this week, Joel has the most important role as he will be playing the judge. Now, Joel is just like Regan from The Exorcist. He spends a lot of his time in his pajamas and he's got a foul mouth on him. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Now, <laughs> now, Joel must decide which list this film should be placed on hit or shit based on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion. Now, before we get started, I think we should give the listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is about. So let us spin the wheel of impressions. So here we read off the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. This week it has landed on Alex. Hello. So how would we like Alex to read out the synopsis? All right. Um, Not a lot of characters. No, there's only... I want to say Javier Bardem. Yeah. Can you do <laughs> yeah. it? Are we all going to vote that that's cool? Yeah, you're going to do a tasteful well, what, what, Javier Bardem. What about Ed Harris? Oh, I don't know. Ed, Ed's pretty hard, isn't he? I'd probably, oh, rather, he go is. for, I'd probably <laughs> rather go for Javier. Okay. Can I go for Javier? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> Tasteful. How do you do a Spanish accent rather than... Uh, don't you speak sp- Spanish Yeah, but I just, I just speak it rather than <laughs> pretend to do an accent, you know. Um, a couple's relationship is tested when uninvited guests arrive at their home, disrupting their tranquil existence. Not bad. Not bad at all. Just use my bedroom voice. That's good. That. <laughs> and you may have known that noticed that my sound effects have come back. So um, this week's film on trial is Mother. <laughs> oh, good lord, Jesus! <laughs> uh, that is a fucking accurate description of what happens in this film. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So without further hesitation, Joel, would you like to kick off proceedings, please? Yep, so uh, this is actually a film which I'm reasonably interested in. So if the uh, prosecution can, you know, persuade me that I actually shouldn't be interested in it, then it'll be going on the shit list. Um, But basically, I don't know a thing about it. So first off, uh, just like a brief, I say brief, like 30 seconds plot uh, synopsis. (laughs) 
It's going to be a hell of a lot longer than 30 seconds. Yes, really sorry. All right, shall I, uh, as I'm defending it, shall I, you know, shall I go for it? Take I picked it away, it. mate. Okay, so uh, the film starts um, in quite an odd way where you've got um, sort of uh, someone in fire. What's the actress's name? I can't remember. Jennifer Lawrence? No, uh, no, because it starts with another actress, not Jennifer Lawrence's oh, does face in fire. Yeah. And then uh, you see a burnt building, you see a burnt things, and you, then you see um, Javier Bardem putting a crystal onto a little holder, basically. And then you see a house coming back to life, and then Jennifer Lawrence gets out of bed. It's a strange beginning, and you don't really know where it's going. And then the film takes a more sort of usual turn. You see Jennifer Lawrence sort of going about, she's married to Javier Bardem, who's a poet, um, he's having struggle. He's having a bit of writer's block at the moment, and she's just kind of a very traditional woman's role. It seems she doesn't really seem she doesn't seem to respect her much as a as an intellectual. She just sort of does the cooking. She and, and he, he seems bored and detached and affectionless to her, and she seems unhappy. Basically, then the film sort of takes a turning when you get like a, a home invasion, basically where. Javier Bardem invites Ed Harris and then later on his wife, um, Michelle Pfeiffer, comes in. And basically this beautiful home that uh, Mother, there's no character names in it, so you, all you know her is, is Mother. Jennifer Lawrence's character is slowly unsettled. She's not happy with everything. Things take turns for the worse. And it just starts escalating from there, basically. it's not. It, this isn't a normal film where I can tell you this bit happens for this reason strange things just start happening more more and more guests start coming into the house taking over jennifer lawrence just isn't happy at all and then uh the scene end basically the first half of the film ends where javier bardem um finally does decide to make love to her and they have a baby the second half of the film (laughs) the second half of the film is then them having the baby, getting ready for it, and then another... It's almost like two halves of a film. You have a sort of the... It all like builds up until, uh, you know, the first home invasion ends, and then the second half of the film, you have the same thing happen again, but on a much grander scale. Now, that's kind of a synopsis of a film, but it's not... It's, it's, a, very, it's a pretty hard film to put a synopsis on, I would say. But basically what the film is about is, I would say, and I think Gav, Ozzy are going to say this is pretentious... But I wouldn't say it's 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 not an absolute, this is exactly what the film is. This is one of those films, again, where you could probably take a few things out of it. And I'm going to say some stuff, and I don't even know Dave's on my side. I'm not even sure if he's going to necessarily agree with everything I'm saying, because I think you could take quite a lot from this film again. But what this film is for me is like it's a biblical allegory. So it's talking about the the first bit is these um, mother is Mother Earth and Javier Bardem is God. And the Adam and Eve are Michelle Pfeiffer and Ed Harris who come in and start disrupting the the Garden of Eden, basically. And the whole film, as it goes on, is more and more just a story about the Bible, basically. It's a very biblical tale. Uh, you have Cain and Abel come in, um, Michelle Pfeiffer's and um, uh, Ed Harris's uh, children come, and then they one kills the other and runs off. And basically, it's like a, it's a story of religious of religion it's a story about god and it's a story about how we treat mother earth set in a sort of horrific sort of home invasion film it's got great elements of horror all the way through it it's got amazing performances but basically that is what i would say mother is about all right well that sounds a little bit crazy and it i'm is. sure you know gav uh, and austin alex has maybe oversimplified that do you think the plot is easy to follow and it does it kind of uh, all glue together well and 
Um, I'd say it was equal parts pretentious and boring. <laughs> like Alex, as he's given a condensed version of it, more shit happens in it, but it's uh, it's as easy to follow as it is completely like, just chaotic. Uh, like it's, Alex says that it's oh, you know it's this this um, it, essentially it's an allegory of you know Genesis, the creation of of, of life. Can I just uh, interject: is that made clear, or is that just what you took from it? Uh, no, it's not made clear. I wouldn't I think say it's. Not, I think it's a choice. Yeah, I, I disagree. I think it's pretty. I think clear. it's pretty clear. I, I wouldn't say it's made. It's not made at any point. Everyone says this is an allegory of a Bible, but I don't think you can pretty much finish the film without thinking it's clearly yeah, biblical allegory. I, I thought that. I thought it, at several points it was just fucking hammered home. Like, did you warn people about bit. the spoilers? Should we say now that there's loads of spoilers in this? Because I, I, I don't do you even pay just... attention to my spiel at the beginning. I was just winding Alex up for messaging him. <laughs> so the, like, the thing is, is that there's some bits where it's just like, it's so on the nose. It's almost like a hand coming out of the screen and slapping you. Right? It, it's like, almost like taking a baby and just eating it. <laughs> <laughs> that happens in the film, by the way. It's not fucking just morbid. <laughs> so, Funny thing is, I didn't even blink. <laughs> no, so, you know, you say Ed Harris's man pitches up at the house and Javier Bardem's struggling poet is like, hey, you can just stay here. And Jennifer Lawrence is like, what, what you want about? This is fucking weird. Why are you inviting this man who we don't even know to just stay? And he's like, don't worry about it. It's cool. And then like on the first night, him and uh, so the man and the poet get absolutely bladdered or, you know, like they have a few drinks. Jennifer Lawrence wakes up in the middle of the night or mother, I should say. She goes downstairs and she sees Ed Harris throwing up into the, into the bath, you know, into the toilet. And um, Javier Bardem is, is looking after him. And Ed Harris has got this cut on his side, you know, where his ribs are. And she notices that and the camera like zooms in on it. And then it zooms up to her like, what is that? And it zooms to Javier Bardem and he covers his hand over and he's like, get out. And then the next thing we know, you know, his wife pitches up and it's like, oh yeah, the story of, you know, how what, the woman was created when, you know, a rib was taken out of Adam. And, you know, and it was just like, oh, it's just like, no, some but of it at is, that point, you're not, you're, no, no, no. Just like, you know, yeah. And like, I, you know, I, from the fucking beginning, what this is about, you know, it's so blatant. It I is, didn't, I didn't know. I thought the baby. you were going to say he'd done like a Marilyn Manson on himself or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, he'd done a Marilyn Manson on but himself. Then, but then if you knew what it was about, why is it, how is it pretentious? <laughs> because of the way it's presented. Uh, so it's, it's, de- I think it's designed purposely to really annoy the audience. And um, there's the constant sort of single point camera view, which I find really frustrating, to be honest. So much happens and it's just focused on Jennifer Lawrence. So I read something afterwards because as I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is a bit annoying. Something will happen off screen, like a character will say something or something shocking will happen or horrific or whatever. But we don't actually see it. We just see Jennifer Lawrence's face or we see the back of her head. The camera is just like a fixed head essentially it's like you know in, in films where they do action scenes sometimes and they require the actor to actually wear the camera themselves it, it felt to me a little bit like that and I, I was a bit annoyed by it and i was like it's it's a bit frustrating that we can't see some of the other action so i, I did a bit of research and apparently over 60 percent of the film is f- focused on here so that's like over 60 percent of a, like a fucking long film two hours 20 minutes just focused on jennifer lawrence Two hours twenty? Was it two hours from me? Maybe it just felt two, like two, two hours. hours two hours one, I think. Okay, right, okay. Those last 19 minutes, it was probably me just holding my head in my hands. Okay, so over two hours then of just like of 60% of just like focusing on Jennifer Lawrence. I think that in its way is pretentious. You know, like we didn't have to have just single point camera view of it. I would have liked to have seen, you know, anything else. I think the, like, the fact that there's no music at all in this film, I thought that was... 
pretentious. That was pretentious as well. What? Why is it pretentious? Because an entire score had been written for this film and he decided at the last minute, no, I'm going to take this out. But it's, why, it's, why is that a pretentious thing to do? Why is that not just a, a choice that the director made to, you know, for his own film? Because I don't think that he has made that because he thinks this is going to make the film better. He's made it because it's like, this is going to separate the film from something else. It's going to, this is going to set it apart. It's not going to be like, I'm, I'm using this because I know that it's, it's going to add something to the film. It's like, I'm going to take something that would ordinarily add something to the film. I'm going to take it away to make, to get, be a bit of a talking just point. to get people talking yeah, about exactly. it. I think the whole, the whole film is just a talking point. It's a very thinly veiled allegory, you know, allegory of, um, of Genesis essentially. And it's just very heavy handed. I think it's more clever than it thinks that it is. There's no real structure to it. Um, the, I think the pacing is, is very fast, uh, especially the last 30 minutes or so. The final 30 minutes, like 30, 40 minutes, frantic absolutely frantic and when you've got single point cameras well focused on jennifer lawrence you can't see what the hell's going on you've got no explanation as to why these things are happening uh it, it can be very very frustrating you know like what I, well, it can't be heavy-handed and like you know it knows exact bit like biblical allegory and not be explained at the same time it's got to be one or the other right not really no it's heavy-handed in like here's a load of shit happening right uh which bits did you not which bits do you think weren't explained it's not that they were explained. It was just like, okay, right. So if, if we're looking at it as, as a, as a film and we say, right, okay. Um, it's just, it's a story set in one house. and um, we, we take the allegory away and then, you know, uh, towards the end when Javier Bardem's poet, he writes this amazing masterpiece and then he starts getting people like vigils, essentially pitching up at the door with candles saying, we really loved your work. And then he invites them in and then they start taking things. And then from there, it's it kind of like that bit all made sense to me. It's like people start destroying the house. That bit is fine. You know, like it's essentially them the house destroying earth. earth yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. But then there was all the, what, the, what I found was heavy handed was like, just leave it at that. Leave it as like the house being destroyed. The house is being burned the house is being ravaged from the inside but then it was like sort of like no i'm gonna kind of show people a few uh like atrocities that actually happen in real life which was just completely unnecessary i don't think like when they for some reason she walks into the living room and there's just a bunch of people with terrible eastern european accents who have got women in cages and they're trying to like kind of i don't know sell her onto i don't know sex traffic i imagine like there's bits later on when the the police arrive and they've got all riot gear and there's uh, there's riots in the house then there's explosions and then this it's just like what the fuck's going on you know what i mean in the context of the story itself it doesn't make any sense right like so that that is not not explained and like as as i'll agree that's fine you know what i mean but i just feel like you can't have one or the other you need to have both you need to kind of if it's going to be an allegory you need to explain it a little bit you need to add a bit of detail you can't just have a load of slapdash nonsense happening and and also i think as well the one thing that isn't explained or defined at all is the characters there's sort of like the characters are just you know there's nothing to them there's no motivations there's no there's no backstory there's no, no nothing the, the story is that it's god mother earth adam <laughs> eve uh cult leaders no i mean that is the backstory right no <laughs> uh but you just you can, said I, can I jump in so yeah. so i i mean i fully agree with what i'm saying and also what alex is saying is also true but i didn't grasp what it was until the last maybe 20 minutes 25 minutes because i had no idea what it was i thought it was going to be a horror film genuinely thought that's what this month was about was horror films so i was a little bit upset <laughs> when i found out what when it, i finally realized what it was i was watching uh which essentially is uh darren aronofsky's just worldview 
I think. So that in that sense, that's where I think the pretension comes, is that that's one man just throwing his view on religion at people. But in some sense, it's kind of, everything about it seems like a choice. And I think that's where it becomes pretension, is that every every bit of this, all of the nonsense, and Gav saying it goes too far, and it definitely does. Like, you could have left it at... Um, at the the earth being destroyed, the house being destroyed, people come in, so that's, you know, man gets invited into the house, eventually wrecks the house, but no, then it shows atrocity after atrocity after atrocity towards in the last, like, 20 minutes. So is this and where the, like, the baby scene comes in? Yeah, that's when, so the baby is Jesus, and he gets eaten, and they drink his blood, and all that sort of stuff, and it's just like, that's a little bit, I, I is thought, there any real no, no, need no, for that, so, you know? But, so I, I could understand, I can get it, and I think it split, I think that really did split the audience members. For me, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. Like, I, it really, the, the the interesting part about, I don't know, it's just, it, this is where I don't think it's pretentious, because it is his viewpoint on it. But I don't think that's a bad thing. That's what a lot of artists do. They show you their v- viewpoint. And for me, it was interesting to think that, yes, that was Jesus, that was, you know, the mother losing her child, God giving it to people, and then they devour it. They, I mean, it's really, really, you, you can't watch that without... Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it a, was it's hero- a gruesome, it was gruesome scene, horrific. but don't you think it's a, that's a, that's but, but a bit incre- on the nose no, in that? But a, oh, incredibly disturbing. Blood, but. Yeah, incredibly disturbing. But then it made it's just made me think about, you know, the way he says we must forgive these people, and it's like, actually, the film makes you feel like humanity shouldn't be... You know, and it's quite a thing for a film to make you go from, I'm human... And at the end of the film, I'm kind of thinking humanity shouldn't be forgiven and it's the entire problem. You know, it just causes absolute anarchy in the world. So I don't know, for me, the film really did have a point and had a huge message, which I haven't been able to stop thinking about. So, um, you know, I, unless I've, you know, uh, misunderstood it, I'm pretty sure this film was, was marketed as horror. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I, I totally understand that not every horror film has to be scary to be classed as horror, but it, is it, you know, is it scary and would you consider it like a, a proper horror film or would you consider it um, just maybe, you know, something, you know, something else like a thriller with a few shocks or something like that in it? In a traditional sense, it's not particularly scary. I wouldn't say anything that you see on screen is, is terrifying in itself, but the message that you're taking away from it, it actually is one of the most terrifying things you, you could possibly think of. It is that, you know, humanity is destroying itself and the planet and the planet around it. And it's basically, it's, it's, we're, we're fucked. Yeah. We're fucked. And maybe we don't deserve to be saved. And from the end of the film, the way it goes, it's basically that God is just going to hit reboot on all this. You know, he likes, you know, he lets us get away with murder sometimes literally because we flatter him and we praise him. And then it comes to a point of, you know what, this has gone too far. Reboot, world starts again. But with the same mistakes being made. And that in itself is frightening if you think about it. But in a in a carnal level, looking at the film, no, it's not scary in that sense. It, it's not like you're waiting for a jump scare or anything like that. I'd say it's got extreme... It some jump scares, though. It, a little bit of people running around. But there's... Um, there's, there's just it's more disturbing in some scenes, I would say, rather than a classic horror film. Uh, so sorry to get back to the allegory, but um, f- for me, like I, I, I'm, I'm watching the film as it is, right? And then early on, you kind of get the message that's there, and I just think that, like, I don't know. I, I wanted more of the film that was originally being told, like, so you know, like, oh yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen what happened with Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, like when Michelle Pfeiffer's character first appears, even when Ed Harris's character first appears. Well, she's the snake, both, isn't she? What, sorry? No, she no, 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 she, she, she's, she's Eve, Eve. she's Eve. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're both very sort of, like, creepy, you know, like, they, they, they do this sort of, like, like subtle, sinister, like, um, 
you know, character. And it's like, okay, there's, there's something to them. They've got like, there's ulterior motives here. You know, like, what do they actually want? And then, you know, it, it's around that point that I started realizing, no, yeah, actually it's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's it's a, a creation. So exactly, it's, it's a yeah. biblical, mm. yeah. And then after Cain and Abel pitch up at the house and one of them kills the other one and then um, they, they come back from the hospital and it turns into a wake like the, the, not, nothing happens and we don't find out what happens to the, their characters at all so it's it's like this second part of the film and then it's the flood that that's the thing you know the flood happens when the sink breaks yeah. that's the flood but that is the biblical i mean that and, did that did wipe the slate I clean know, in I, 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 I mean i, I know I, you know that but, i know all this but yeah. like it's just it's just disappointing that you know i, would, I mm. wanted to see more of the actual like so uh, instead of it being like a very heavy-handed al- al- you know like allegory where it's like every single thing that happens in the old testament is conveyed in a monday film i would have just liked to have seen just bits here and there i'd just like to say you know when gav's talking about this allegory and keeps calling it heavy-handed um pretentious i don't think it is either pre- heavy-handed or pretentious i don't think it's pretentious because it is so accessible and i also don't think it's heavy-handed i think it is just simply accessible a lot of films can be pretentious. I won't name any right mm. now, but because they kind of set their message above uh, where people's normal thinking level. You sit down and watch a film, everyone should be able to enjoy it. And I think some directors aim a little too high and it's just like, no, 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 only intellectuals should be able to get this. Do you, do you only think everyone can people. enjoy this? I think everyone will get it. Maybe not everyone will enjoy it, but everyone will understand fairly swiftly that this is a biblical allegory. I mean, he makes it clear by not even giving the characters names. Right from the get-go, Aaron Aronofsky is uh, saying to you, this is symbolism. Don't read too much. Don't think about these characters' backstories. Don't think about what happens to them next. Just see them for their purpose they serve to this How am I supposed allegory. to create some sort, any sort of attachment to these characters then? I'll tell you what. You're not meant to. I think you're meant to. They, they, I didn't like them at all. <laughs> no. Hang on. No, go, go on, Gav. What, what fucks you up? me off, right? <laughs> <laughs> when Dave said there about none of the characters have, have names, on paper, that's quite good. It's like, you know, the Fight Club, you know, where it's, it, he doesn't have names, the narrator, or, you know, so many other films right and they um get around that by not having like introductory scenes now where this film is really annoying for me is there's so many introductory scenes where nobody says their name and it's sort of like very it's just odd to the dialogue it just mm. feels like it, it that's not how it would happen like they introduce one point like oh it's you i didn't know that you had a wife oh hello has he told you about me oh yes i you know it's just I, like I, I just say their performances are Touch better than, <laughs> than how Gabs did. <laughs> okay, so uh, we've touched on characters there, and uh, you've already mentioned that, that Jennifer Lawrence is the majority of this film, which uh, for most people would not be a bad thing, like obviously. But, um, you know, how is Why her. Not Joel? Doesn't take a genius to figure that out, Gab. <laughs> her acting ability. Um, so. You know, how is her performance before we get on to, to anybody else? Well, like, I, I, you know. Gav's saying that, you know, he would have liked to have seen Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer. And at the second part of the film, I'd kind of agree. Yeah, you are like, oh, I wonder if they'll come back until you remember. Oh no, Adam and Eve, Flood, they're gone. But then the 60% of the film, you are just following 
pretty much the entire film is just following Jennifer Lawrence as she goes almost from room to room and time has moved on. It's so clever. And her performance, I, I think even the reviews I read that were like, I didn't like this film, I didn't thought it was disturbing, I just didn't get, you know, pretentious and all of that sort of thing. They all pretty much agreed that Jennifer Lawrence was like, just smacked a home run on this one. It was just amazing. And I think, I, I can't really think of anyone who didn't. Um, I think Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer, especially, I think Michelle Pfeiffer, it was like, her best performance ever, I would say. So ever? sinister. Yeah, so sinister. I can't think of much better she's done. So sinister, so, you know, without much going on, I thought it was brilliant. Um, yeah, all right, Scarface. <laughs> Sorry. But you said Bat- shark head there. Shark- <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what? Bat- Batman. Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Scarface, Which Batman. Which is a V-Swick. Okay, they're all good films, but I would say <laughs> this is... I'm not saying I don't I don't remember any of her other performances. I'm yeah. saying that this is, for me, her this best. This is the best. Okay. Uh, Javier Bardem, outstanding in this film i think considering really? he's, considering he's playing yes <laughs> short answer yeah Consider, considering he's playing god it's not an exactly an easy role for him to to do he makes it very nuanced incredibly interesting to not only watch but to think about for days afterwards so i think the performances in this and and you know what a lot of what gav and Ozzy have said I, I think you can have like a yeah I could see how maybe you could think all those. I, I think when it, at least when it comes to Jennifer Lawrence, the performances are pretty, pretty awe inspiring. And considering, like you say, sixty percent of the film apparently is just you know following her around. I, I mean that that's got to be in its favour, right? No, right. I think that Jennifer Lawrence was completely miscast. Not saying that she gave a bad performance. I just think that she was miscast. You've got, you know, she is a fantastic performer, an Oscar-winning actress, multi-Oscar nominated, multi-talented. You know, she's equally adept at delivering powerful, dramatic performances as she is at playing like tough action roles. So to see her as this like really meek wallflower for the majority of the film who doesn't stand up for herself it's just hard to watch no that's the point of the film she like she it's not no 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 <laughs> right no that is the that is her acting as that is a good actress acting I in know. it it's not saying I, that I like know. it's not but it's not it's not saying that women's roles Uh-oh, should be subservient <laughs> it's not saying the film isn't saying <laughs> by any means that r- women should be subservient and when and Jenna Florence is bringing that to the character. I think the fact that she, you know she's so versatile and has acted in action films helps you to go with that a little bit more. I think she's perfect for the role. She does no, kick off I, at the end, doesn't she? She, 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 yeah, she, does, she, she does. She does. She does go a bit mad. A little bit. A yeah. little bit. Um, but it's just for me, I just felt that it, she was constantly restricted because I've seen her in so many brilliant roles. I've seen her deliver so many fantastic performances to, to see her give this really fucking, and don't, I, 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 Alex is saying, Oh yeah, you know, it's, it's not, it's lifeless and uninteresting character. It is. I'm sorry. Like her motivations from the get go are wholly unclear. Well, what was she drinking that yellow liquid for, by the way? Can is, I just ask? Isn't that oil and pollution? It, no, no. Cause why would she be polluting herself? Because it's what's I've, available to I have her, no I idea, but you know what? I'm going to have a hell of a think about it tomorrow. <laughs> that, that's that's my Wednesday that? plan. You know, like, so, like, so she's drinking this weird liquid. Throughout it. Like, um, Does she want children? Does she not want children? She does if want not, children. If not, why not? If, if so, why does she want children? But, that's but, not... But if you, bring, if you bring... All, sorry, Dave. If you bring all these... Sorry, I'll get involved in a second. If you bring all these human... Just don't get involved, Dave. It's safer. completely human-based then she isn't Mother Earth anymore and you've lost that. Like, it needs to be human-based to me. No, it can't, it, be, it can't it, be both. It needs to be human-based or it needs to be complete allegory. Right, let, let's let's, 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 let
absorbed the film. It's why you've not embraced the film because you're looking at it at a base carnal level. It's an alg- it's it's compl- the whole thing is a metaphor. There's not just a couple of metaphors. The entire yeah. film is a metaphor. Okay, which and if you look at it, for- pretentious. <laughs> exactly. Which is amazing. If you look at it, it should be a base level. documentary in a museum. It shouldn't be a, a documentary. Yeah. How would it be a documentary about <laughs> Genesis? <laughs> <laughs> A fake a mockumentary about Genesis. A mockumentary. A mockumentary. I'll tell you what, what um, else is unclear, right? So, yeah, Dave, you have mentioned about God pressing the reset button right at the end. Like, this would have been fine with me if the house would have been completely destroyed by the humans, right? But the fact that it's like Mother Nature or, you know... Final she, retribution for everything. That is, the, yeah. that is what we have coming to us. <laughs> she, In she fire, just, global warming, yeah. it's, not, it's not by accident. We, global warming will destroy and it will be Mother Earth that does it like, we're, we're looking at this film in a completely that just expla- way. no that just explained it man that, that is what? that is what happens at the end of the film All that right. is why the mother destroys it okay. Jesus okay. Christ but then the reset, <laughs> no no oh, just, just, it, just, it's, it's so fucking pretentious I'm boring <laughs> it's so fucking boring <laughs> what right. is anybody talking about boring at the, at the risk of upsetting my uh, my fellow <laughs> I think he's more. <laughs> I did also think it was global warming. I think that is quite clear that it was okay. the planet destroying itself. By, by, by the end of the last twenty minutes, it was like she'd had enough of yeah, us. Yeah, it was like I thought it was like hey, she's gonna, right, well, I'm going to end it there. And <laughs> probably, probably best. None of you are even allowed to to. No, you're not. No, no. <laughs> that, that's it. It's over. I got I got a, I got a funny uh, metaphor here. Okay. But, <laughs> Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, like... When is I it said, funny or is it a final dig at Alex? No, no, it isn't. <laughs> and I Dave. Said, I said, when you start... Take your really, answer wisely. <laughs> they're really mysterious. You know, like, I wanted to find out more about them, but their characters are just completely dropped. They're it is a final dig. It is a final <laughs> dig. <laughs> no, it's just this guy's in it, and he's going to have some little <laughs> joke at the end. And <laughs> <laughs> Harris is bald. That's what he's bald, just like <laughs> Alex. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> and he's bald. It's, it's like somebody telling you at the beginning of a really interesting story, but instead of finishing it... They just do a horrible fart and then leave. That is essentially <laughs> like, what it is. That's what Alex does yeah. to be fair. Yeah, the old you, Alex method. You cheek, cheeky little All right, shit. Well, uh, <laughs> while we're digesting that, I think, you know, yeah. Alex has got a quiz. I'll try and read it with my quivering hands. <laughs> Don't say another word, you son of a bitch. <laughs> is the question? Is it scary? No, enough, enough. It's over. Judge. <sighs> right. I'm not a quiz now. Calm down. Quiz, I'm not doing this quiz if Gav's going to look film. at me like that for the entirety of it. I'm not, I'm not. I'm just right. disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, do you know what I'm most disappointed about? Fucking Dave. Because if, if, if I find out that he actually genuinely enjoyed this film but didn't like Tree of Life. You put it on the hit list. <laughs> this is like Tree of Life's distant cousin. Uh, <laughs> let's bring up Suspiria as well. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's leave the past ones in the past okay uh now this quiz has nothing to do with mother thank um, god for that yeah no i think it's probably best <laughs> didn't mean to do it but thank god i did yeah um to be honest i was just uh, couldn't think of many quizzes to do with mothers and so i just went through the news and i've got some questions about something that came up this week uh now first question is uh, sort of introducing the quiz as well which prominent british figure uh, wrote a script that never uh, was never made called mission to assyria uh, and has claimed that it was absolutely brilliant and was a mix. Uh, it was basically like Raiders of a Lost Ark 
and he sent it to a distinguished he sent it to a distinguished director and it was never made i'm glad i didn't shout initially i was going to go william shakespeare but yeah. <laughs> no would never have seen really. contemporary, contemporary british figure pretty big you say figure david mamet uh no uh worse Boris Johnson. Although I don't know who that is. It is Boris Johnson. Oh, wow. It actually oh is Boris God. Johnson. It uh, came out this week amongst a lot of other stuff about him. Kind of got buried. But yeah, he's, uh, he's had a failed, had a failed um, film made. Some of his uh, quotes <laughs> about it are pretty, pretty funny, I have to say. Um, so uh, what was it? Um, I think the, what was the main, oh yeah, the, the, the archaeologist um, who goes in was going to be called Marmaduke Montmorency Burton <laughs> and is drive, an old it? Clooney Connery Eastwood type geezer in his 50s. <laughs> they're going to find the, a, they're trying to save Shargar, the lost city of Vitilglaf Pizla three th- the third in Syria. <laughs> and it's pretty, pretty awful stuff to be honest and he's saying it himself. Um, this is what is his description of his opening scenes. We begin with a sickening montage of atrocities i won't go into them because they're just awful and these bestial crimes are orchestrated by a horrible cologne-drenched jihadi with an air of mincing menace wow yeah. maybe we should press the reset button yeah <laughs> <laughs> right anyway uh having um read that it sort of got me thinking about old scripts basically that never got made and i was doing a little bit of research into it and i thought i'd do my quiz about it because loads of scripts got made spec scripts got made in the 90s and because they put it on only on for a limited time, some genius agent, agent came up with it. There's like a buying frenzy where all these studios came out. So all these scripts have never been made, but have been bought for like millions of dollars. Uh, so here are some here are some questions about that. Uh, the first one is the uh, 1990 film, The Cheese Stands Alone. Never made, was bought for one million dollars. Can you tell me what genre this this uh, title is from? Uh, the is there, are there any commas? The cheese. The nope. Just the cheese stands alone. Comedy. Cheese stands. I'm going to say alone. action. I'm going to say erotic political thriller. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. A cheese stand. Horror. The cheese alone. stands alone. No. Nope. Yeah, like you're going I far too deep into this. I'm trying to work out deep. where you could like emphasize different lines. Like the cheese, like the big cheese stands alone. Mm. So it could be like a cup, buddy cup. Again, you're overthinking without it. Without a buddy. Could be a chef. Body cop, Joel, you got any guess? Comedy. It is a rom-com. It's about a loveless man who believes he's dying and meets a woman that turns his life upside down. I think you're saying to cheese. Nothing. (laughs) nothing Turns his life into cheese. cheese. Was his name like Harry Cheese? I again, again. You <laughs> should have. If you'd been because he's dying. If you'd been writing scripts in the nineties, you'd be millionaire. <laughs> apparently, so many of these. Right, uh, here's the next film. It's called Mango, and it, the premise is a cop is allergic to animals, including his orangutan partner. Partner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now, that sounds like a terrible idea as for partner. If you're again, to. But <laughs> again, again, you say it's a bad idea. This script got sold for one million dollars. So How you much know what I mean. Dunstan checks in get sold for. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, that, that now, uh, It sounds like the prequel to Any Which Way But Loose. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It does. Now, uh, this film was sla- sadly pa- put on the back burner because Fox was developing another film that was like a, an animal buddy film. Do you know what that animal buddy film was? Is it Dunstan Jackson? It is Dunstan Jackson. <laughs> <Jackson. laughs> it absolutely is. Uh, Dunstan Jackson. Well done, Aussie. Very good. Wow. Uh, right, next Bad one on DVD. If you want to borrow, it, yeah, oh yeah, you should. You, you should, should borrow, borrow it, man. Borrow. It's, it's a good one. 
Uh, right, next one is Pincushion. Uh, this was about a female road warrior sort of version of a film. Again, $1 million. What's a road warrior? Thanks, Mad Max. Uh, Mad Max. Mad Max. Okay, yeah. uh, which pop star, this is in 1988, was going to be in it? Janice Joplin. Madonna. Madonna, Madonna yeah. uh, Madonna would be a good one, but think about the eight, late 80s. Was well, who was else? Tina Turner. Turner. Not Tina Turner. Who else was making so a, big, uh, a big splash at the Paul time? Paul Abdul. <laughs> Big splash, Dal Hannah. Oh shit! No, I always get those mixed up. No, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I always think she was in Splash. I don't know what's wrong with that. Uh, yeah, she's in Mermaids. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> it still works. It still works. Always gets wrong. Damn. Uh, okay, is another one. Spielberg bought this one for uh, one million. Uh, just base, just on its um, title alone. Oh yeah, on its title alone. <laughs> so what I'd like you to tell me is uh, what is the premise of the film? It's just called Nuclear Family. Can you tell me what this film might have been about? I think it's like something where a family goes into a bunker and like they're inspecting a new bunker that they've bought or whatever and there's a nuclear apocalypse and they're like, whoa, and then they come out like so many years later. An extremely good guess. Anyone else? I think it is essentially a real life version of The Incredibles. Another very good guess. I was thinking that. I was thinking superhero family. Yeah, that's a clever title. Maybe it's just about just like a bog standard nuclear family and <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, you know, just like a camera on the wall type know, of it's thing. It's a trick question. It's just, oh, it's yeah, it's just as you say. Is it 2.4 children or something? Maybe they've only got a, yeah. like, what? <laughs> and, the, and his name is like Harry Nuclear. Just his family. I'm going to give, I'm gonna give a, a shared point between Ozzy and Dave for that because I think you were closest. It's a comedy about a nuclear family uh, that uh, inadvertently camps out in nuclear waste. Wow. <laughs> Hang on, so they were a nuclear family and then they camped out they in camped out in nuclear, nuclear waste. waste, yeah, yeah. Or was it a family who camped out? Just a normal family that camps out in, inadvertently in nuclear and waste. They're, and they're all fine. And Well, I don't know, it's a comedy, so I'm guessing superpowers came into play. <laughs> Sounds like an episode. Spielberg film, so I'm guessing that's what happened. And my last question, this is an incredibly difficult question and it's basically impossible to do. Uh, can you tell me the title from the pair of premise? And uh, I'm only doing it because it's funny. Uh, a Midwestern guy finds himself in a battle with all the um, problems of being politically correct and <laughs> and goes on a killing spree. Ooh. Mm. Man of, no, what not, not, I think 90s film maybe wouldn't be made today, to be honest. Didn't we put this film on trial? What about uh, uh, it's a political correctness gone mad? But, uh, uh, not but, bad. <laughs> there's, there's him on the cover, like putting a gun to his head. <laughs> I wish it had been called that. Smoking it's... on the back of a bus. <laughs> <laughs> it's worse. Anyone else got any titles that could go with that? Got nothing. No, it's called Male Pattern Baldness. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't, isn't I mean, ouch. I'm sure we put a film that's exactly that premise. Falling down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Probably why it wasn't made. Oh, okay, yeah. Because he had a full head of hair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, I think that kind of just split the tension quite nicely there. Thanks. Uh, until now, so... Yeah. <laughs> Back uh, it comes. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like I said before, before, we, uh, before everything kicked off, um, you know, I was quite interested in watching this film and I was going to see how I felt afterwards. And there were some good and some bad things that I liked about it. But one thing that I really, really did not like about it, and I think kind of pretty much all of you just kind of skipped over it really, is that if you don't, you know, if you're, if you're not really too clued up on religion or the Bible, a lot of these scenes, it seemed like to me, would just completely go over your head. Oh, it did for me right till the end, yeah. Because, um, you know, I'm not particularly religious. 
Um, you know, I, I am sporting an A star in RE from <laughs> from GCSEs, but apart from that, you know, and so some of those things honestly may go over my head. And I feel like if if that's the case, then it's a pretty major, um, you know, kind of bump in the road for the film. Also, I do kind of feel like religion is a bit of a kind of bumpy ground to make a film about in the first place. And I definitely wasn't aware, you know, uh, just watching the trailers and uh, taking a look at the film that that would that that you know was the premise of the film. And it does sound like there's a lot of shocking things in there as well, which is obviously why this film kind of polarizes people so much, uh, as is evident with. Uh, with you guys uh, we have been pretty much what the audience is actually. <laughs> uh, it also sounds a, a little bit like a clusterfuck to be honest like uh, the plot uh, a lot of the scenes in there just kind of sounds like a sounds like um a big mess but I, I do kind of feel like it, if if you took that out of it you know it, it may be it may be a good watch but you know like I said before, I was interested in watching it and now I really do not fucking want to watch it. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't sound bad. It just sounds like I, it just sounds like I won't enjoy it. You can hate it. You know, and it, it, it just, it, it just yeah. sounds like a film that even if you are into kind of films like that, I, I just, you know, I'm not sure that it, it that it's absolutely everybody's cup of tea. The, the, the kind of positives that I took from it are, like Alex said, he's been thinking about it for a while and, you know, sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. Like I watched Bone Tomahawk and I couldn't get that film out of my head <laughs> for literally about three weeks. And that was a bad fucking thing. So it's not always a good thing with, with that either. So unfortunately, you know, I'm 95% sure I'm for myself this time that it's going on the shit list. Okay, genuine opinions. Um, I'm going to start. I fucking hated it. Every single moment of no, it. No, come yeah. on. Yeah, no, I, 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 <laughs> come on. I mean, oh, Jesus, I did not like that film at all. Um, and I, I, I 100% agree with everything I said. Austin? <laughs> I thought it was really well made, but I don't think it's for everyone. I don't think I enjoyed it. <laughs> but I thought it was a good film. It was well acted. I thought it was well shot. Yeah. It was a good set of directorial choices, but it wasn't for me. Okay. Alex? It just was for me. I just really enjoyed it. I think you're right. You won't like it, Joel. I don't think it's not for you not for you at all (laughs) but i I did like it and i am i don't know it's it's been a while since i've had my thoughts provoked so much (laughs) uh dave um i actually quite liked it yeah didn't didn't hate it at all didn't think it was overly pretentious i mean the the message was accessible so no it's it's no masterpiece it is heavily flawed but i still liked it didn't you feel like he was bashing you in the face with his message then no no not really i mean i feel like terence malik just kind of like sits smugly next to me (laughs) while i watch his film smiling we get get through one god did you understand that no it's like ah that's because you're not smart enough one episode episode where we don't redo tree of life whereas darren aronofsky just keeps nudging like did i tell you there's a metaphor yes you told me there's a metaphor i've got it (laughs) so i didn't think it was pretentious i quite liked it well, okay. Uh, agree to disagree. Um, <laughs> uh, no. As soon as this episode ends, I'm not le- I know we've got to leave, but I'm not leaving until you agree with me. <laughs> right, so higher than our previous film on trial, Halloween 3. Yes. Higher, higher, higher. Okay, so Halloween 3 is 42% critical, 27% audience. Mother is 69 and 50, so yeah both higher but maybe not as high as i thought it was going to be to be honest i thought the um you can see how it splits people massively oh definitely i mean i i you know i I do think it was a good film i can completely understand that people don't like it though i don't think it's uh not definitely not for everyone and especially if you think if you're religious you would fucking hate this film yeah 
Well, once again, I put a poll up on Twitter and asked our friends and followers which list Mother should be placed on. 57% of them said it should be placed on the hit list. So there you go, Alex, Joel, you're in for a treat. Uh, Before we adjourn the case, it's time for a little bit of a caption contest. So what I do here is take a screenshot of the film and I ask our friends and followers to provide a caption with the funniest one winning a frog-shaped chocolatey treat. So the picture I've got this time around is of um, Jennifer Lawrence screaming in sort of, I don't know, it's right at the very end. So it's when she's very annoyed, I imagine. Um, <laughs> I mean, you mean when a baby's been killed? How many, yeah, okay. Well, uh, she's <laughs> maybe slightly peeved then. Um, okay, so all you guys have got to do is to pick the funniest caption, starting with number one, when your regular coffee shop is out of ginger scones. <laughs> uh, number two, till you're bleeding, not about to see your light dave you, you, that was the song i was playing before i didn't get the reference oh the danzig how's that go how's that oh that bit go um no it was on mind. it was on one of the gta soundtracks okay. right uh, <laughs> the next one is no i will not do another x-men movie ever again never again mm-hmm. uh, the one after that is they said that there'd be sedation for this colonoscopy been there my friend been there my friend (laughs) Uh, no (laughs) it's a bit close to home (laughs) too close to home uh next one is i volunteer uh obviously um hungry games Games. there we go i was getting i was thinking hungry i was like hungry 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 hippos (laughs) and uh, next one is don't leave wet towels on the floor (laughs) which is funny because that's what a mother would say um f cinema score but it's better than that uh, next one is uh, Steps on Lego <laughs> and uh, the last one is I just want to pee by myself <laughs> okay so which one guys Steps on Lego for wet towels wet I feel towels. like Steps on Lego is every single it's every, every single no, it, it works it does, <laughs> it does work but I'm going to go for towels as well I think that was the cleverest of the mothery yeah I'll go with towels okay congratulations to our good friends and fellow great podcasters two girls on a bench you've just won yourselves a flippity freddo Okay, so uh, just before we call it a day, wanted to give a shout out to one of our podcasting friends out of our element. Uh, not so much a podcast as it is a TV and film review site. Tom, Mike, Ollie, uh, they all do opinion pieces and reviews on classic and current TV and movies. They're really interesting. They're fun and detailed reviews. Um, they've got a good one at the moment, which is comparing um, Javier, you know, no, I was going to say Javier Bardem, Keen Phoenix's two most recent films joker and you were never really here it's really good i definitely recommend checking that out so you can catch all of their reviews uh on out of our element.co.uk or you can follow ollie on twitter at ollie o-o-o-e or ollie uh, anyway <laughs> next week's film has not been picked out of the hat again it's a continuation of halloween horror month with dave's theater of blood uh, sorry, that made that sound like. Made that yeah, sound like I it's not my theater of blood. It's Dave's directorial debut. Dave's theater of blood. Sorry, um, they're obviously referring to the uh, 1973 Vincent Price classic. Yeah. So, Dave, uh, would you like to tell us why you picked this film? Um, I picked this for for a reason. We've kind of nudged on today. Often when we do horror films, we ask, "Is it scary?" When we do comedy, we ask, "Is it funny?" This is a horror film, which is firmly rooted in the horror genre but it's not particularly scary i wouldn't say it's like a 1970s hammer horror callback classic british horror so let's have a go let's see what we think about this one it's a different kind of film than okay. we've done previously lovely stuff okay. different to mother are you saying <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's very different although there are some similarities <laughs> so as you pick the film you will be defending it uh, so all the rest of the roles have been picked out of the hat at random so i will 
also be defending it with you. In prosecution will be Joel and Austin and in the judging role will be Alex. Uh, so just want to say thank you very much to everybody who's listened to this episode. If you like the episode, please remember to like, share and subscribe. Tell your friends and your family about us. Write about it in a profound and immensely popular poem. Just spread the warm love that is Films on Trial in as many ears as possible. And why not leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? If you didn't like the show, then screw off. Check out our... <laughs> Seriously. Uh, now, check out our Twitter page at Film Trials. Check out our fantastic graphic artist, Winston Sang, while you're there, at the underscore quicks. Check out our website, filmcentral.co.uk, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. So there you have it, everyone. Halloween Horror Month continues. Mother is a shit, and we will be in your ears next week with Theatre of Blood. Goodbye. <laughs> 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 I feel like I'm strong potential.